welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. We are less than a week from Iowa. But other than that, there's just so much news to get to that I'm not even sure what we're going to be able to handle here, Vic. But we're up for the task. We're up for the task. I'm Mary Catherine Ham. He's my co-host, Vic Mattis, from the Washington Free Beacon. Before we get to all the news, what's going on with you? Well, hello, Mary Catherine. I only need about 15 minutes to get through my intro. <laughs> Kate got me for my a Christmas present something that when it arrived, it was damaged Okay. when Amazon delivered it. So she had to send it back annoyingly. Uh, and then we, it, it just arrived a couple of days ago. A turntable. A turntable. And so we have speakers and not Bluetooth speakers, mind you. So not the kind that- Like the legit. Legit. So like, and I remember having done this a long time ago and that memory kicked in. Like, I don't know a lot of things, but I do know this, technically speaking. It's an Audio-Technica turntable and it's got the copper wire things and you got to wrap it around. And we have the two big, nice size speakers. They're not like, you know, four feet high or anything, but they're decent size, I think, speakers in our TV room. Nice. And and we actually had vinyl records that she had bought for me and for the kids for Christmas, and we played it, and it was amazing. And oh. the, we'd, we'd been told, uh, a fellow who to, used to tune our piano, he used to say, and it was a revelation to me, because I keep on thinking that technology makes things better. Right. Uh, and this is uh, years ago. And so I thought, obviously, when once we got to CDs and you got special kinds of CDs, Oh, the sound is so good. But in fact, every time it advances, the sound gets more and more compressed. Mm. Uh, and by the time you get to an MP3, it's real. You lose a lot in the sound quality. And you're playing it from maybe a Bluetooth speaker. So some people actually have a turntable connected to a Bluetooth. You might as well be playing it from your phone. It's the Okay, because it doesn't translate all the information. No, it from does not transfer. So, Look at this audio file I know, over here I all know, of a sudden. I, it's amazing. So the great thing was then uh, we decided to give our son First dibs on what he want to play, and the album that he had as a Christmas gift was John Cougar Mellencamp's Scarecrow. Oh, nice. It's fantastic. You feel like you're in the studio. So when Mellencamp is singing, you know, there's this echo mm-hmm. almost effect because you could feel like it's it, how it sounds in the studio, let alone an amazing, you know, the bass. Everything is great. And I got the idea for wanting a turntable after visiting with Mike Warren, our friend, because uh, he had a, a similar setup. And we were listening to uh, Side B of Abbey Road. And, you know, it goes through a series of songs at the end. And the two of us are getting quadraphonically into it, you know, about which side (laughs) it's playing on. It's great. So I just want to say it was that's what I've been doing lately. And I find it very calming because this is something that I mean, I don't know how often people do this anymore. But just sitting and listening. It's nice. To a record. It's been a while. And not having to talk. Just like, you know. I rarely listen to an album, or yeah. in this case it would be Spotify or something, all the way through anymore. That just doesn't no, happen no, very often. No, you jump often. around. It's true. The one I revisit when I want to do that is Rubber Soul. That's a great album. That's just a fun album yeah. to listen to all the way through. Mm-hmm. By the way, just to date us further, it does have that warm sound when you play a turntable yeah. on a vinyl record. It reminds me of my childhood. And I think what you're saying is that if you're doing the Bluetooth speakers, you would get like a Phil Spector, not a wall of sound, but a baseboard of sound. <laughs> yes, that's you're getting well, like that's a, a good reference. There, a shiplap of sound. Yeah, yeah. One, we're, all, we're, we're like we're a like quarter a, round of sound. We're like Spin Magazine here talking <laughs> high tech, high tech. No, we, and it reminds we me know of, things, when guys. I when I when I grew up, we had a, an old show and tell record player and whatever records my parents had and 45s. And so my sister and I would listen to like Edgar Winter's Frankenstein. 
and some really terrible songs like Tell Laura I Love Her, you know, Watch That Flower Grow. That was trippy. But my sister got, a, this, you can't find this anywhere, by the way. You cannot find this anywhere. And it's a night at Studio 54, supposedly recorded over two nights. But really what they did was they take all the popular hits, disco hits from that time. And they, this is probably a Steve Rubell idea. Right. And they just merged one hit into another. So it's like you're on the dance floor. So if you had a party, you would not need a DJ for this. And you just uh-huh. have play a couple. It's a double album. Sounds like a good way to save money on a wedding. Yes, you could have done that. And you could use that money on buying all the Coke. I like it. Yes, so, good call. It's Studio 54 good after call. all. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Some of our, we listened to like all the Beatles, the Stones. Yeah. The band was a big one. Oh, you guys are and, cool. Um, well, when we were band. kids, yeah, there was a sure. one Joan Baez album that my dad was not a huge <laughs> oh, Baez fan, but Diamonds yeah. and Rust is a fantastic song. Okay. I'm trying to think. Ann Peebles, I Can't Stop the Rain. Ann Peebles, yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's a beautiful yeah. song. Uh-huh. That, I, yeah. If you can listen to those on vinyl, do that. Wow. And then I, that's how I got introduced to Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar. My wow. dad had those albums and I would listen to those. That, yes, the musicals. Yes. Musicals And I vinyl. always thought someday I'll watch Hair and it will make sense what's happening. No. No, no. You that's know not what? how it, Hair works. It did well on some of the quadrants. <laughs> it does indeed. All righty. But anyway. <laughs> Well, enjoy that turntable. Thank that you. How, how are you? How are you, Mary Catherine? And for those of us who well, haven't, you, know. you turned to this is a great reason to get onto let YouTube. Me, let me put my baseboard of sound on. This is a great uh, prop, and if you haven't tuned into the YouTube of getting hammered, this is a reason because you look like a cheerleader. Okay, a bunch of guys just went onto yeah. YouTube just now. <laughs> They're going to be sorely disappointed when they tune yeah, in. Explain okay. what is going on here. So I have a whole thing happening here. Okay. And I'm going to briefly explain to you what's going on, which is that I saw a reel on Instagram, which is like TikTok for old people. And I saw Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills entering the stadium in his game day fit. Okay. Okay. And I thought, I think I own all of those things. And so I've decided that in order to sort of have some fun and also mess with my children, that I will take them to school in some game day fits. During the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Yes. And so this is my Stefan Diggs game day fit. He had he had a uh, what on we'll earth? show it we'll show it on the Instagram yes, at Getting it looks Hammer like Podcast stuff from Kiss. So this is a Letterman jacket with some sparkles mm-hmm. that I added, a little bit of sequin. Now, this is a high school. Action. This is a high school Letterman jacket. Yes. Like. Now his was a Louis Vuitton Letterman jacket. Okay, mine is different. <laughs> he had like a black kilt, so I've used a costume skirt from our home that I have sort of turned into a kilt like situation. Yes. And he had white crew socks. And in black, black loafers, loafers. Pe- yes, yeah, like and, almost like uh, penny loafers. But. And so that is the fit that I wore to take my children to school with a with a white so button up shirt. So do you have a you do you have this is this is a, like this is like a varsity letter letter jacket is what you're wearing. Yes. Do you have you did you have one growing up? Did you have one in high school? You know what? I did not buy one, and I'm glad looking back because that would have been a lot of money to me at the time. Yeah. And honestly, this one works. This one's my husband's. Well, it's really cool looking. Thank you. And this one's red, white, and blue. Mine would have been purple and yellow. So like the chances for wearing that one, not so great. I, I, I have I have a varsity letter jacket. This will shock Ooh. listeners. By uh, the way, I had like, that's not true. I did play soccer and I had a letter for that, but I, like I probably would have put my band letter on it. Okay. Well, all right. You know what? I lettered what? in band. Because they let, you, they let you do that, by the way, in our school. So like if you were like National Honor Society oh, yeah. or something. Get a letter I think for it was that. National Honor Society or one of these special words then you could wear the letter jacket and i did have one of those medals but it wasn't for that it was for tennis 
Okay. So you get the little thing, and it was four years. I did four years. Get um, you. And, and so it's a blue and white. That's a good one. It doesn't fit me anymore. It's no purple and gold. Anyway, okay, so we got to get on. Let's go. There's, let me just let me just run through so that we hit on a lot of topics without even necessarily having to discuss them. But yes. like Nick Saban, legendary oh. University of Alabama football coach, announced he's retiring yesterday. The portal remains open for those players, by the way, for about 30 days, I think. So a lot of people are going to be skedaddling out yeah, of there. Happened. So Nick Saban retiring. Perhaps he could give some notes to two 70 plus old men running for office about how to step away. How to step away at Leave. 72. The at the, going at is the good. young, the spring chicken age of 72. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Also huge. retiring. 26 years. Legendary NFL coach. Little update on the Secretary of Defense. Turns out that he has prostate cancer. Yes. And he was having his prostate out on that, that is December 22nd. It is, it is strange that you would call it elective. I understand that prostate cancer is slower than other cancers, but yes. a prostatectomy is a very serious thing. It's a pretty decent sized surgery. It is not it is. minimally I mean, invasive I in, it in the way that they were suggesting. I assume, but the the other thing to, to keep in mind is prostate cancer, there's a higher occurrence rate among African-American men right. than among other demographics, and also mortality rate is, is much more serious. So this would have been good for... As a general awareness, I would say for people to say, hey, the Secretary of Defense, I have this. You should get yours checked out. Oh, yeah. And thankfully, you know? it is a very treatable it form is. of cancer. It is. And we yeah. hope that it was caught early and that right, this is right, taking right, care of what right. it needs to take care of. There but, remain no consequences for the fact that none no. of us knew anything. Well, I, I figured if there were no consequences for Afghanistan, yep. there's not going to be one for the prostatectomy. And again, do uh, as a public service announcement, get yours checked out. I had yes. mine. It was like an episode from Oz. Continue. Speaking of which, Hunter was on the Hill. <laughs> Great transition. Uh, How about that? A surprise. Yeah. So he shows up. He's been asked to testify, mm -hmm. but he refused to the last time. Remember, he did his own little press conference outside the Hill because he wants to testify allegedly publicly, but they want him to testify privately. So he shows up again, yes. flies across the country, With the lawyers. goes to the hearing to sit in the front row, at which point he and Nancy may start insulting each other like children and look i think that now he hunter, being actually abby lowell right i don't think did he say a word did hunter say a word i don't uh, think hunter right. actually said anything yeah he's just yeah. sitting there but abby lowell the other thing that's interesting about this by the way and i think is probably the reason for both appearances by hunter on the hill i think they're filming a documentary about him so this is content we're making content guys. i was this, just i was just gonna say just like my outfit is content hunter <laughs> Well, I was going to say this was all just a publicity stunt, but if you uh, that's interesting. Yes, that, that's, the, that's the that's the scuttlebutt. Okay, so Hunter's on the hill. Yeah. Nothing happened except for everybody looked silly. The, um, and, you know, Nancy May said things that I don't know if we could say it on this family podcast where she called him out and said he is yeah. the epitome of white privilege and he had no. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting because Margie buh. Taylor Green had pictures that clearly contradict that <laughs> claim. Uh, and I was also I was going to say the only thing is, it was it was such a big to do, and then getting up and leaving, and they're right. all laughing, and it's 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 not it's not House Republicans great. It's not a great moment. I no, don't everything think. is embarrassing. It is. It's a real just, show, and, and Hunter is embarrassing. But and just he the, is just he is. the way that things are conducted these days, in basically all places. Yes, no, is embarrassing. This is what we're um, dealing with. And I I was I was I was kind of hoping Abby Lowell was going to yell, you know, this committee owes us an apology, like in The Godfather, part two. Meanwhile, 
They're working on budget deals on the Hill. Yeah. Speaker Johnson has put a package together that is, I believe, the same package that got McCarthy ousted yes. last time around. Yeah. Some hardliners among those eight that ousted McCarthy mm-hmm. are saying, no, 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 you got to do this and you got to do that. Spending has to be cut more border in order to get something. Of course, he has to contend with the fact that the government will shut down if they don't mm-hmm. pass something. It is a narrow majority. And he can the lose idea that you can two. Get right. He can lose right. two. So that's right. That's happening. We'll get into that more in the future when things are, you know, kind of looking more settled or closer to the deadline. There are a lot of I think there are people who I understand a lot. There are those who mean well. Yeah. Because they really do care about getting something more serious regarding the border. But Democrats are not going to budge on a lot of these things. And it's not like they have a large majority, as you just well, pointed and what's, out. I guess the question is, what's the appetite for ousting someone again yeah, in an election shutdown. year? Or having a shutdown. Or having a shutdown. Yeah. So there's that going on. The Epstein list, we haven't even touched on. No. Or that's a, the wrong phrase to use. We'll get into that <laughs> at some point. Meanwhile, there was a Nikki Haley town hall hosted by Fox. There was a Ron DeSantis town hall hosted by Fox. There was a Trump town hall hosted by Fox running day. opposite on CNN a debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis were finally down to two mm-hmm. on that stage. It's counter-programming, but it is arsenic yeah. and lace. I mean, it's just, you know. And right before poison. that debate, what did we have but Governor Chris Christie dropping out yeah. of that's right. the primary. So is the show done? Are we done? Because that's like, that, that's. I've told you all you need to know. No, that's oh, all you more. need to know. Did I mention that Israel is at The Hague? Because South oh, Africa has yeah. decided to prosecute yeah. the nation of Israel for a charge of genocide. And I'd like to give a shout out to, uh, I can't believe I'm doing this again, John Fetterman. Again, we will play a clip of South him. Africa. Fantastic. Who are we, who are they really fighting? It's a group of cowards. They hide in tunnels. They hide behind civilians. They attack, kill, and mutilate children, women. And they do that? Stop talking about proportion on that. They shot their best shot on October 7th, and they would have taken more lives if they couldn't do that, but they couldn't do it. And now let's also talk about that. Now we're talking about genocide. And now South Africa now is now bringing that kind of a, a trial. Maybe South Africa being ought to sit this one out when they're talking about criticizing. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's like regarding Look, just, Henry. Just enjoy or it Dave. While... Maybe it's a different guy. <gasps> That's what some people think. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear a little bit of Chris Christie's speech about... The hot mic? His great... No, no, no. Oh, oh, we're not getting sorry. to that. First, we're going to do the gracious speech yeah, yeah, gracious. that says I'm getting out of this mm-hmm. situation. Because I want to promise you this. I am going to make sure that in no way do I enable... Donald Trump to ever be president of the United States again. And that's more important than my own personal ambition. Mary Catherine, do you think that he ever runs again? Or is this no, I think wh- this is his big swan song. I think likely what he's wrestling with is that this is probably the end of the line for the political career of Chris Christie, which at one point was very promising. Oh, on the cusp. 
Yes. Like there is a window and I can't remember if it was that he had decided he was running for a second term. It was 2012, Yeah, right? he was. he decided to run for a second term, I guess. And so he didn't jump in until, until later. And then when he did that last time, of course, that was a mess. But when he went after successfully, you were there, when he went yes. after Marco Rubio, that's oh, yeah. what we remember. But you're right. There was a moment in the past and everybody was with him because he, he quote, told it like it is. He fed off the booing from the various unions, particularly yeah. the teachers unions. He wasn't, you know, and he wasn't scared. He didn't care if you hated him. Uh, and his town, his his town halls, his press conferences, they were amazing. Yeah. They were amazing. No, he, he was, and he told he told uh, tough truths, yeah. like about pensions mm-hmm. yeah. and public spending to the people who needed to hear it in the state of New Jersey, which is a tough place to do it. He did a nice job of that. I think the theory is like he should have run in 2012, but he ran into this, a same, a similar issue as like a Governor Yunkin ran yes, into this year, which is that in year. 2011, he had just been elected. Right. His star was rising mm-hmm. in order to run in 2012 you're in a tricky position there. Yeah, so he waited till 2016 and a lot of people say he shouldn't have because yeah. that was where his star was rising and he should have yeah. done it then. Okay. So I think he's wrestling with that. Let me say that this is a campaign promise fulfilled. Yes. He, he did what said, he said he was going to do. He said he was going to prosecute a case against Trump. I wish he had done it in 2016 and not waited till this year and that he would not let his own ambition keep him right. from doing whatever was necessary to stop Trump. So right. that this seems like a move in that direction. Right. However, Chris Christie giveth and Chris Christie taketh away. So here's Chris Christie on a hot mic, which this also broke on the heels of his announcement mm-hmm. that he's not running anymore. Then we hear this. Unless you know, we forget she spent $68 million. Yeah. I mean, well, like well, when you give land 10. to China and places like that. Yeah, that's country. what you get. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, she spent 68 million so far, just on TV. Spent 68 million so far, 59 million by DeSantis, and we spent 12. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. She's still 20 points behind Trump in New Hampshire, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's still going to carry out, right? Yes. Always. I I talked to DeSantis called me. Petrified that I would. He's probably getting out after Iowa. Do you really think it was a hot mic? No. Okay. He's a professional. On the the one hand, you think to yourself, how many times does this have to have have to happen to so many people, and they get completely embarrassed? They can lose their job. This. He's not embarrassed. So there's that. Well, there's one. He's never embarrassed. But two, I find myself, even though I might be in front of a microphone. Sometimes you can't resist just talking anyway, even oh, though yeah. you're like, are we on or not? How many times do I ask this now, right, to Jennifer? Are, are we on? Yes, because, because we you say, have no idea. We say scandalous oh, stuff, gosh. guys. Yes, those are for the premium listeners. I'd like to point that out again. <laughs> uh, but but on the other hand, he is a pro, and it's not like he said anything that he's going to be like, oh, I didn't mean that. Because yeah. No, no. And this is, this is kind of the beauty of Chris Christie is that in a situation like that, even if it were a hot mic, he's like, well, I stand by what I said. <laughs> Right. Like, so she's oh, going to get. Did I did I take yeah. a mean shot at one of my former opponents Shocking. as I was leaving the ring? Yeah. He, he, no, no one's surprised. Yeah. So much for our, though, theories that, oh, you know, maybe New Hampshire, then he'll throw his weight to Nikki. Doesn't sound like it now, particularly saying that she's going to quote, get smoked or as Trump says, get creamed. I so, think that's what he said in his town hall. But, so here. Yeah. Well, this is a good segue to the debate and to the state of the race. Yeah. At the moment. Nikki Haley, if you believe the polls. 
rising a bit in Iowa and New Hampshire, mm. certainly within spitting mm. distance of Trump in some of these right, polls right. with a trend forming. Is she going to get smoked? Or if I use the DeSantis trashing, is he petrified? Right. And that one, I'd like to get more into those details because that seems much more vague. Petrified in which ways? Right. You of know? what? Petrified of running out of money. Petrified of losing to Trump. Petrified of just Trump being the next president uh, or, or losing to Biden. So I'd love to know more about that, but we're not going to get it. Regarding the debate, let me just say yeah. this, Mary Catherine. Say what you will mm-hmm. about Nikki Haley's performance. She did seem to point out some very interesting contradictions, inconsistencies, perhaps falsehoods by... Governor Ron DeSantis, my only complaint is I, I just wish there was like a website that you could go to. That you yeah. could go to to look at all the different lies. Right. Is okay, there I'm one? done. That's all I'm done. I'm, not, that was, I'm just here for that. Our friend Vic Please. is referencing that Nikki Haley referenced her campaign web, website, DeSantisLies.com, I believe sixteen times, if I if I read the transcript totals correctly. A lot of people felt like that was a lot. Yeah. Look, if you're hawking a book or something, you want to mention the name of the book over and over again. By the way, I wrote in a discussion. It's available on Amazon.com. <laughs> you want to use the name of the book over and over again so people remember yeah, it. You, I get it. Perhaps this was too heavy handed. I would say it was a terrible idea because I don't think it, not that I'm a record person, I don't think it moves the needle. <laughs> but, the, the, you know, the, the idea that that has ever worked in order to get, like, she's going to win Iowa or or this is going to help her in New Hampshire, thanks to that DeSantisLies.com website, because we're going after who? Oh, the guy who's at 5%? Yeah. You know? And the, the whole idea that there was a, a debate between two people and, you know, who are concerned that Donald Trump would become the uh, nominee and then lose to Biden, or he gets convicted and it becomes a felon, and that becomes some problem legally or politically or both. And what we're going to do is going to have two candidates just destroy each other so that there's nothing left, and then it just paves the way. It's maddening. Well, and again, I don't, I don't know what the correct strategy is, right? Mm-hmm. I think if I were on the stage, I would be talking about like, you know, this crazy dude is going to be in court and possibly a felon. By the time we get yeah. to November, and if you'd like to actually win, I'm a person who has won before. Hey, why don't you? Why don't we try that? And if I were DeSantis, I'd probably be knocking the fact that Nikki Haley hasn't been in office in a long time, and that I've done a lot of things right. where I actually moved the needle. If I were Nikki Haley, yeah. I think I would go after Ron DeSantis partly on uh, the running of his campaign. I think that's a fair shot, and mm-hmm. she took some of those shots. Sure. By the way, another important factor is that Americans are. Prosperity, which full disclosure I am associated with as I'm on the Council of Advisors, they are out with 27 million behind a new digital ad and TV spot campaign in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. So here's a bit of that ad campaign. Poll after poll shows Trump is the weakest candidate against Joe Biden. But Nikki Haley crushes Biden by double digits. She even beats him in the swing states that Trump lost in 2020. It's clear Nikki Haley would be the strongest candidate to stop Biden and help elect Republicans across the country. She's a proven conservative fighter. With the criminal trials for President Trump and the liberal media out to get him, our country can't risk four more years of Biden and Harris. AFP Action is responsible for the content of this advertising. What's interesting to me is that in all, for all three candidates who I saw last night, Trump in the town hall by himself, I found it interesting he sat the entire town hall, didn't stalk the stage, didn't yeah, roam around, that didn't, used to, that didn't, used engage, to be his MO. didn't yeah. engage with voters. 
both Nikki Haley and DeSantis in their t- own town halls were walking around engaging with people. Yeah. And Nikki and Ron. They, they all took shots that don't it, it really... It was the kinder, gentler Trump yeah, well, they don't, approach. They don't really land to me. For instance, I believe we have a clip of Trump going after DeSantis in the weirdest way. He's going to be out of the race very soon. He's going to be out very soon. You know, I watched him last night. He's standing up with his shoes, his fancy shoes. Uh, and he's going to be out of the race within, you know, a lot of people say before, before New Hampshire. Okay, so we've got the fancy shoes Is he shoes referring line. to the cowboy boots? Yes. Yes. I've never understood the boots attack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The other one... A lot of cattle in Florida. Right in the middle. We just never go there. The other one was about DeSantis being a Fauci fan. Yeah. And, of course, Ron DeSantis would, would definitely argue with your uh, characterization of how he handled it. But if you go back and look at the records, you will see that the biggest fan of Dr. Fauci was Ron DeSanctimonious. He was a big fan. He said, I go by exactly, quote, I go by what Dr. Fauci said. He said that two months in, all the way through, and then eventually changed when it wasn't, you know, that wasn't the dessert of the day. But Ron DeSantis was a big Dr. Fauci fan, and nobody wants to cover that. I say it every time. You know, somebody gave him a commendation medal, and it wasn't the Santas. (laughs) Well, it just doesn't pass the smell test, right? You want want your attacks to sort of meld with the public perception of this person. I also don't think Haley's attacks on DeSantis as a liar like that's the that's her headline it's bad I don't think those meld with people's general sense of him his weaknesses such that they are are not that weakness yeah 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 he's you know he can be stubborn and strong-willed and he likes to pick a fight and maybe he shouldn't pick a fight you want to argue about his fighting with Disney for example fine make that the argument did you go too far but the idea that you're a liar or that you were you know I mean at some point I think they were forced to say something nice about the other person and the truth is there's lots of great things that they can say about the other person what they've done nikki haley is ambassador to the un or whatever you know her strong foreign policy and and as a a very good governor of south carolina and obviously ron DeSantis, you know being way ahead of that curve in terms of wanting to you know lift the, the the shutdown but you know again they're focused on they get so focused on what they squandered an opportunity is what they did well, so. so there's there's one more attack. Actually, I'll mention two, but one more attack from DeSantis where he says, I believe of the clip that, that references Newsom. I think the difference between uh, Nikki Haley and me, you know, I listened to all that litany of stuff. You know, I debated the governor of California, Gavin Newsom. Um, you know, I thought he lied a lot. Uh, man, Nikki Haley may, gives him a run for his money. Okay. Nobody believes that she's more liberal than Come Gavin on. Newsom. Uh, there was another line We're that actually our time here. there's another this line is... that you would have thought wouldn't land where he says you can take uh, the candidate yes. out of the U.N., but you can't take mm-hmm. the U.N. out of the candidate. Right. I disagree with that as a critique because I think she was very strong at the U.N. No, she, she, she represented Trump's, the Trump administration. Trump administration's yeah. uh, representative. I think she she took no guff. She did a great job. However, the line kind of landed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a. Well, because it's a catchy phrase. Yes, exactly. I, the first time I heard that phrase was when I was living, studying abroad in Vienna and I met this Austrian girl who was a friend of a friend and she was so pro-American. Right. And which is surprising among Europeans, I mean, back at the time and be like really pro because she had gone out to the the far West. Right. And they said something to her about like, you know, you can, you know, go to America, but you can't, you know, like the phrase. I'm not even drunk, and I can't repeat the phrase right now. So it's like, <laughs> you're so excited about Iowa. <laughs> I am. All right, but you can't take the America out of the girl. Anyway, it was there really, you. it was really interesting. So in the end, I, I think 
in the end, I think, look, Haley has momentum. I think that her performance here was not as good as other debates no. because in other debates, she benefited greatly mm-hmm. from such an awesome target in Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. Right? Every every repost, Yeah, everybody else kept their kept their powder yeah, dry. Every every mm-hmm. hit yeah. on Vivek feels satisfying. Right. It feels like you want him to get punched yeah. <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. It's less satisfying when she goes after DeSantis. Right. Partly because they don't have that many differences. Let me read a, a paragraph from Noah Rothman at National Review who I think sums up this debate pretty well. The candidates discuss their respective tax policy preferences and how reforms to marginal income tax rates relate to economic growth. They submitted competing proposals to address the border crisis through augmented security and reforms to statute. They argued over U.S. grand strategy abroad, the relative importance of America's support for its embattled partners overseas, and the ongoing attacks on American service personnel by Iranian proxies. He goes on to list a bunch of other things about entitlements, which, by the way, I sided with Haley on those. But average viewers were unlikely to see it that way. This was a hyper-competitive contest, and both candidates came away from it diminished. Both DeSantis and Haley seemed to have been coached into never letting an opportunity to speak pass without introducing some superfluous attack on their rival. So I think that's probably how most people felt leaving the debate, even though real things were discussed. And this is the handicap of the whole race, right, for these guys, is that they must fight Mm -hmm. in order to gain any ground. Right. But fighting makes you look bad. Meanwhile, Trump, who should look bad because he's not fighting and has not given the voters any res- the respect to yeah. get in the ring, is just sitting there hanging out on a stool. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it turns talking out. Talking about somebody's fancy shoes. The, the, the strategy of skipping every single Republican primary debate was the right thing for him to do. Well, and there will be. Right. What's interesting to me, there's there's at least one more in New Hampshire in January. If someone is nipping at his heels in either Iowa or New Hampshire, does he have to show up? Probably not. As long as he's like 50 percent. No. I, you know, and again, he's well, gonna, that's he's what gonna, I mean. If, if gonna, somebody's able to close the, yeah, the gap. I don't think they will. He's going to win Iowa. And by the way, New weather, Hampshire weather's will be supposed to be terrible yeah. in Iowa. Oh, that get out the vote, man. That, that's it. This is that ground game will matter. Your, yeah, because your you commitments will matter. The strength of your commitments the, will matter. Yeah, because every candidate will be saying, you know, to be safe. You know, we want everyone mm-hmm. to stay, you know, the roads, if it's dangerous. But definitely get your ass out but there. But you know, they're telling those operatives, you, you better walk them there. Yeah. You better walk. Get yeah. the dog sleds out. It's, Put it's the chains going to be, on the tires, like in Rocky Four. It's going to be nasty out there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's where we are. I, th- yeah. I think DeSantis did maybe slightly worse than his other debates but largely fine he brings receipts he brings there's no movement. knowledge he does and he's great it's like on paper you look at this and say this guy's going to be amazing how can, how can he go wrong and he was right he was right about everything during COVID. oh my goodness and schools and that's why everybody's going to florida so he must be doing a great job and if he could do a great job for florida he'll do a great job for america and yet yeah there he is at five percent um, there's brings, a new yeah he, go ahead by the way he did promise on stage to bring a reckoning for all of the COVID policies. We'll play that clip. You know, word vomit from time to time on social media, but obviously I will uphold the Constitution. But, and I think it's fine to criticize Donald Trump, and I know the media brings this up a lot. Uh, but you know who else deserves to be criticized? The people that violated the Constitution during COVID to lock people out of schools, to destroy businesses, to force masks on people, to try to force vaccines. I'm gonna bring a reckoning to all these agencies, the CDC, the NIH, the FDA, 
They harm people in this country. And when Dr. Fauci said there Thank was you, no Governor. learning loss for kids, that's a disgrace. Thank you, Governor. There's a reckoning coming. So, this is like directly pitched to me. Yeah. And I want to commend him for wanting to do this. And also, does it matter to voters? I'm not sure if they're willing to believe from Trump that right. it was that it was DeSantis who's a Fauci fan and not Trump. Then no, I don't. I don't see people clamoring for the reckoning that, would, that a DeSantis could bring yeah. and should. Bring. No, and we've all you know everyone talks about the, the reckoning. John Podhorizd talks about. He used to talk about it all the time because of how awful things were when we knew the best thing to do is get the kids back in school and it was maddening and yet here we are. Uh, Trump still looks like he has a, a narrow edge over Biden in uh, the overall sort of polling average. Although it does look yeah. like some Democrats are coming home. Uh, in some battleground polling, okay. there's a little bit of a shift back towards Biden being mm -hmm. more competitive than he was a couple right. of weeks ago. There so there was a, there was that a, should be a preview yeah. that Republican voters might keep in mind. Right. By the time they realize that, by the way, right, it'll be too late. There was an interesting Detroit news poll that just came out that had uh, Trump over Biden by eight. So but Ooh, it really depends. Maybe. But that depends on who the other candidates are. If there are other third party candidates, obviously Trump does better. Speaking of a reckoning, should we move on to a little bit of COVID news? Oh, OK, yeah. We have two Fauci stories, by the way. He's been testifying in front of the. Uh, the subcommittee for, for COVID response. And uh, there leaked a, a report yesterday to the New York Post uh, that he had told that subcommittee uh, that he's not convinced that kids suffered learning loss during the pandemic due to school closures. He can say that. And mm -hmm. he can say a lot of mm -hmm. things. And the lesson learned from this is always to double down. Nobody ever actually has to admit they're wrong. Uh, the question is, do you think in his mind he just can you have to convince yourself in order to pull this off like oh, no i think i mean you know everyone's back in school i think uh, this the grades is, are a little bit low this is the beauty of a fauci or frankly a trump like yeah. if your if your compass and if your sort of id mm -hmm. is the science or in trump's right. case like is what's good for america mm -hmm. if that's what you believe yeah. then you can just sort of change your mind and the truth changes with it Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so what Fauci, I think all along we've seen that what Fauci declares at any given moment yeah. is the science in his mind. And I think, you know, this one is the one that everyone has conceded. Yeah. About schools. Even Randy Weingarten. Yes. She just blames Republicans. Yeah. No, blame someone people, else. But like, but she knows they the, know it's the, real. The, yeah. And he's not even willing to go there. Well, audacity. Nobody should ever listen to this person again. The other thing he noted in that in that subcommittee is that, by the way, the six feet thing was just kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't really scientific. You mean uh, standing in lines? How about how about how about going in one direction in the supermarket? Yeah. The six feet thing is important because because it was allegedly the science. Mm -hmm. Of course, now we find out now it can be told that it was not science. That is the thing that kept kids to two days a week in yeah, school for so right. long because they couldn't space out the desks. That's right. No, that's exactly right. They and had to alternate. So some kids came in some days, other kids came in other right. days. And then there were some days that were called asynchronous where nobody came in at all. And then actual idiots who work in the education system and idiots out on the street and in stores would be policing your six feet yeah. distance. I, at one point, my kids were policed for not being far enough away from a woman 
outside an ice cream shop. Yeah, that's right. Outside. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't, I, you know, there was an ice cream shop. Because the science. Yes. No, there was an ice cream shop, and I remember these two young girls going in, and there was a sign. What are you laughing about, two young girls? No, I don't mean like two I thought you. I thought you were going to joke that you were the person who yelled at my kids. No, 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 no. I happened to be going to get ice cream with the kids. But, okay. you know, but there were these young girls who walked in, but they didn't have masks. Yeah. And some, they said, you got it. You know, they turned around, and they tried to do, a, like, put their shirt up, like, covering their faces, you know, and the, and the person like, nope, that doesn't work. No. Nope. Yeah, and, you know, neither did the mask. So sigh. Uh, oh, can I add one more debate thought? I forgot about this yeah, one. Sure. An NBC reporter, Ali Vitali, noted that when DeSantis said that conservatism or the Republican Party should be about bright colors, not pale pastels. Yes. And everybody she flipped out. alleged that that was a sexist, sexist attack, right. perhaps on Nikki Haley. That is a right. reference to a Reagan speech, a very, very famous from 76 Reagan yeah. speech that anyone right of center basically is familiar mm-hmm. with. So no, that was not a sexist attack. Okay, yeah. back to back to the other news. You know, I made a reference in the Weekend Beacon newsletter, which you should all sign up for. To I made a Claudine Gay re- uh, reference about her leaving, and I said, "Oh, I think in a resignation letter she says old college presidents never die; they just fade into the faculty." <laughs> and I don't know how many people get would get that now. I mean, people our age and maybe right. older do, but do young people know the MacArthur thing? I don't know. It's, uh... Yeah. Do, you, do young people know usually ends with? Yeah, no, the answer is no. <laughs> okay. That's what we have to say about the youngs. Yeah. yeah. All right. What else do we have? Oh, by the way, speaking of closing schools, that in New York City- This is crazy. A school shut down- James Madison High. James Madison High was, was forced into, quote unquote, remote learning, although there was no remote instruction. It was just go home and practice things. Yeah. Because- Because a- tent set up for illegal immigrants had become unsustainable and the city in its great wisdom decided to take this problem of the Biden administration's making and rob children once again of their school buildings Mm -hmm. and send them home to their parents who at the last moment find out their kids are going to be home from school which is also Uh, really and just like this is so this is wrong in so many ways right but just in the major cities of America, never believe that they care about public education ever again. Like whatever tweaks yeah. or changes mm-hmm. anyone wants to make, mm-hmm. we should welcome them yeah. because these people do not care about yeah. the thing that they claim oh, is sacred. The kids? They don't give what a damn. What about the children? Yeah. Now, to be sure, as I like <laughs> to, to say, sure. to be sure, the move to the school for these illegal migrants was because of an act of, act of nature, inclement weather. It was that big storm right. that came up, okay? Right. And I appreciate that and that, and, and that the city or state officials were worried because they don't want to be, have them out there at this, in this open field area. Because there are going to be high winds. Yeah, I, okay, it's not great. So then, you know, where's another big place that you have to put them in, in this school? And they were still in the middle of doing a deep clean for the next day. They said it took some time for this to actually, you know, the kids would, would come back a day later. Right. The kids were not also allowed to sort of just, you, you could Zoom with the teacher only if you sent the teacher an yes. email prior Yeah, there was no to, actual instruction. Uh, our, one of our Free Beacon writers, Jessica Costescu, notes that there was a winter dance that was canceled. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, and they claim it has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. But the fact mm-hmm. is, all these people who love to have these in, in positions of power, love to have these sort of lofty opinions about uh, being so high-minded regarding immigration and 
uh, migrants. And, uh, you know, we don't want any walls. It's inhumane and the cages and this and that that happened under Trump. It's going to be, you know, we want everyone to come over. And you're seeing this humanitarian disaster happen in, in real time. And all these, a lot of these cities where they, you know, declare themselves sanctuary cities because it's fine. Nobody's, what, a couple people coming over? Yeah, yeah, Who's going to take us up on it? Well, yeah. I mean, why don't they stay in Texas? It's big. Right. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure Brownsville is like us. I'm sure they have the same resources. Right. So they come over and now it's real. And so now they're forced to deal with this. And the interesting thing is people in the city are also now actually coming to grips with how it's impacting them. And, you know, do they all... Officials want to immediately blame, for example, the governor of Texas, right? right, or Ron DeSantis in Florida and say, you know, it's their fault for sending people our way. But a lot of people are like now, well, this is real. You can see it. Millions of people are crossing the border. Mm -hmm. We're all dealing with this. What are you going to do with it? And I've been, you hear rumblings of saying they're going to vote the other way because they're fed up. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see. If only the Republican Party would nominate a candidate who they could turn to <laughs> at any rate yes by the way you'll remember on during the, the thick of the pandemic and the school closings at one point a similar situation in the priorities shown by a major u.s city at one point illegal immigrant children in a shelter were being treated were being taught in person yeah yes by that's la right. usd yeah teachers uh, who were otherwise unwilling to teach their own kids their own american citizen children in classrooms i mean this is people people will say you're being cartoonish if you say the left in this country cares more about illegal immigrants than americans and more about their treatment ones but and this is yet. it's inaction yeah the very clear prioritization mm -hmm. and by the way the thing that is interesting about this particular high school is that without an outcry how long would this have gone on right oh, yeah of course. It's now very easy to cancel school. Like that's one of the things that pan the pandemic gave us yeah. is that you can just be like, ah, uh -huh. oh, we're no no school today. Yeah. NBD. Yeah. And I think that the obviously the public out outcry made them back off of that fairly right. quickly. But this is a this is an ongoing problem that is not getting better. By the way, before we move on quickly, during the Golden Globes, did you see the Pfizer commercials? Because it was like <laughs> no. sponsored by Pfizer, right? And it was about getting the new vax. Because okay. you got to wait for the triple demic is coming, right? It's oh, RSV yeah. flu and COVID again. Yeah. And one of the stars they rolled out for, you know, because Pfizer spent, you know, billions of dollars yeah, yeah. on the research and the, and, and, and the, uh, the vaccines. Megan Rapinoe is in the commercial, okay. like get vaccine. And I'm like, well, cool. that's convinced me. There you go. I got to get it now. That's I got to get the jab. The key to Vic's heart. <laughs> All righty. Should we talk about Fonnie Willis? Oh, yes. That's right. So Fonnie Willis, the... I'm sure you'll remember. What you talking about, Willis? Thank you. That's my different strokes. Fonnie Willis, the prosecutor down in Georgia who is running that case against Trump. Trump, by the way, has been in court physically this week, I believe, in two places in D.C. and New York. In New York, where he threatened to make the closing arguments yeah. in that in that case, the civil case about his business and its valuations. Oh, he was, that, that, that's ratings gold. I can't believe that they decided against that. So he was in two courtrooms. We'll see what happens with the Georgia courtroom because Fannie Willis has found herself in a little bit of trouble. Yes. yes. So the allegation is, Please. and it's not an unserious allegation because I believe it came from other court filings from a divorce proceeding by yeah. the man we're about to talk about's wife. That's right. Okay. So she hired a guy to be the special prosecutor right. 
in she's the a Trump district case. attorney hires the guy to be okay. a special prosecutor. It turns out she's romantically involved with that married man who is now has a wife filing for divorce, and she alleges that these two were involved. This is a problem because as a special prosecutor, that guy was paid a lot of money. And during the time that he was paid hundreds of thousands of dollars of taxpayer money, Fonnie Willis was allegedly vacationing with him and having nice dinners, which would, of course, make her the beneficiary of the hundreds of thousands of dollars that she's pay paying yeah. her, her romantic interest in this case. What a cell phone this would be. To quote uh, George Costanza, was that wrong? Was that wrong? Was that wrong? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, do, I mean, you know, what are the rules exactly about dating in the workplace there? I was reminded of Peter Strzok and Lisa Page mm, at the Department yes. of Justice, even I though it's remember, slightly different. I always forget Lisa's name. Is that yes. sexist of me? I only remember yeah. Peter Strzok. But, you know, these inner office romances, they happen. Mary Catherine, the heart wants what it wants, mm -hmm. you know? By the way, those Strzok Page texts. Yeah. I've always said, like, my goal would be to make my sex far interest is far more interesting than that than if they that. were ever to leak like let's right. let's up the ante so the special bit. prosecutor nathan wade right um one of the things that you mentioned is of course the various trips right but oftentimes because of you know expenses and things it's cheaper just to share the room <laughs> at they least were, that's the argument actually, i used to make they were actually yeah. great stewards of the of the taxpayers yeah they were, they were watching the taxpayer dollars yeah one one room one bed oh what what oh my gosh well, it's a double too it's a very narrow it's a very narrow we will see what happens there. What else is on our list, Vic? There are too oh, many things I cannot goodness. remember. Mary Catherine, let's see here. Okay. Flip through uh, your well, many pages. Um, we can move on to, okay. ready for this, Alaska Airlines. Oh, yes. We have to talk about yeah. this one. So, there, and this is, you know, I was in Florida at the time and was about to fly back and that news broke. I immediately, I'm like, what's the plane? Okay. So, it's a Boeing plane, an Alaska Airlines plane. For the record, I like Alaska Airlines a lot. I have flown them many times yep. across the country. I enjoy their service very I much. I used to get confused with them in Frontier, but Alaska is better. Oh, you know, Alaska is yeah. definitely a, a different different class of airline. Yeah. However, these folks did not have a great trip because the door plug, as they call it, which is just the door yeah. of the mm -hmm. airplane, flew out of the airplane. Yeah. There's a gaping hole in the side of the yes. airplane. The oxygen masks are down. People are We are depressurized. We hope that you abided by the seatbelt sign. How many times, Mary Catherine, you're on a plane and they have to go through the safety procedures? How many times do you pay attention versus... So, uh... Here's the thing. This is a great victory for Steve, who, <laughs> who when we're on a plane together, uh -huh. is like, put your seatbelt on. Oh. The sign says yeah. put your seatbelt on. I, I, I always put my seatbelt on. And he on tightens it up. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, tight. dude. It tight. Like... I'm fine. But you know what? This was the time. Yeah. This was the time yeah. to have that seatbelt on. When they explain on. about putting it around, you, you know, I mean, not everything. You, sometimes I, I get lost in the explanation of the life raft thing yeah. because you just hope that it's not a case if you're, you know, but the, but the other things you do, I do kind of think about, about, you know, obviously you put yours on first before you help anybody else right, right. and you tighten it if that mm -hmm. happens. But I always wonder where exactly does it pop out of because it's very well, it well hidden. It looks fairly obvious in the video. Yeah, so did. Well, so the so the door fell, a guy reported it in his backyard so that yeah. So that the goodness. the feds could go pick it up. There was a several phones I believe that flew out, but other than that, folks unscathed, which is like thank goodness. Right, it's but not now, like executive decision. A lot of course everybody's going to go and check the the security measures on these 737 doors. max. And by the way, it's I listened to the Boeing. whole I listened to the whole 
conversation between the air traffic controller and the pilot, yes. the woman who was landing this plane. Uh-huh. She was very calm. They all kept it together. I can't imagine sitting in that cabin for many minutes. I mean, the, the call is like three to three and a half minutes long before they clear them to do this emergency landing because, of course, you got to clear the runways in order to make yeah, that happen. Yeah. So it's like a good three plus minutes before they're like, okay, come on down. Yikes. Here's the thing. First of all, it was miraculous. And I say that truly miraculous that there was nobody sitting in that particular yes. seat when, when, the, when, the, when the door blew off. And it's not even the emergency door. It's like this, it's the plug. The second thing is a personal question. Mm-hmm. Do you have a seat preference on planes you fly a lot? I prefer a window or an aisle, obviously, over a middle, but I don't have a strong preference between those two. Has this but affected your preference? <laughs> perhaps now, because I didn't have a preference, it will become aisle. There used to be all these sort of theories about where to sit on a plane that's the safest place, for example, right in the middle of the fuselage, where you know, right where the base where the wings are, for example. And I like the window because, number one, view. Mm-hmm. I like the sun outside, you know, when you're out there. And then when you're landing, it's kind of exciting. And also, you don't have to get up for anybody for bathroom purposes. That's true. Except for now that then I'm you older. you got to ask people to right, get now up that, Oh, I once held it in from a flight, I believe, from Copenhagen to Dulles. Yeah, I do. That not... was terrible. That was like, that Dang. was amazing. Yeah, yeah. That might be some of your health problems now. <laughs> <laughs> that might explain the stones. But no, I, but you know, now that I, now I'm like, oh, the aisle is, you got a little bit more leg room and then anytime you want to get up. Yes. I like that. I like that. Okay. Scary, All right. Well, I, I didn't like that one bit. I didn't like seeing that. I'm glad those people were yes. safe. Uh, did you have Jodie Foster thoughts? We were talking oh, about yes, our I Gen did, Z, our I did Gen want to Z note, subject. Because we keep, we keep harping keep on, up on Gen Z and I'm going to continue to. But uh, Jodie Foster gets, is it a you love to hear it? What is it? Yeah, yeah. Although she's, she's just, never been. I mean, she's just like, yeah. I, I like that she's just living in her truth, man. She's yes, just saying she it like it is. Yes. And she says that it's annoying to work with Gen Z because they're like, mm, not really feeling the vibes today. I don't think I want to work. Also, <laughs> she would say, your emails are filled with grammar. Don't you check? And they said, why would that? That would be so self-limiting. How dare. Self-limiting. How dare. Her mention of grammar, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, so dear to my heart. So, I mean, I, I, I love her for that. You know, Jodie Foster's been working hard since she was like five years old. Yes, I was so going to mention has, a movie. She has real, yeah. you know, yeah. cachet here. That's right. That She does. She does. She's been working for a very long time. And I remember a movie. I'm not going to say Taxi Driver because mm-hmm. that's you, you people. Are, that's a terrible thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm not making that joke. However, Bugsy Malone. Uh-huh. Which was an Alan Parker film, and it was it just came out after like The Godfather, and it was kids as gangsters. Oh so gosh. they had Tommy guns that fired cream puffs. Oh, and I it vaguely was, remember. It was fascinating this. because the the two leads it was Jodie Foster uh-huh. and Scott Baio. Yes, and I, it was it, I, she had already Look, done movies. Seventies and eighties child actors were in some weird movies. Oh yeah, some weird. There were yeah, some very, weird moments yeah. if you grew up in that time. But I would. But I again, I would say her line about grammar. It reminded me during our journalism conference when I said that you know these things matter. You know mm-hmm. because we're, commas and little things. It's broken windows editing is my big thing. And little things lead to bigger things. But in general, about expressing yourself. And another panelist asked me, a very prominent person, said she agrees, hundred percent. But why? And when? In the event of this Jodie Foster situation, if, if some younger person said, why does it matter that we need two commas instead of one or a semicolon or whatever, an M dash, what would your answer be? 
Oh, Why now I'm on the spot? Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't have an easy answer for that other than to say that, well, it separates us from the animals. You know, I mean, we're able well, to I sort think, of... I think that like much like the way you communicate speaking, yeah. there are different settings for different kinds of communication. Yeah. And when you are communicating in a work setting with a boss, when you are communicating in writing, when you are, com- when you are writing something for publication... Right. You do want to observe the real rules. And I think that there are other times when you can text and not get it all right. Now, that being said, until like two years ago, I edited my own texts and made sure that they were correct all the time. And Jennifer, if she got them because she is our youthful editor, would have been like, what is wrong with this person? (laughs) Because there would have been proper punctuation in all of my texts, which is frowned upon. By the younger generation. Oh, no. Yes, it comes off very formal and icy and maybe like you're mad at them. She's well, nodding, yes. Yeah, no, but there are, there are certain like acronyms that I hate using that everybody uses, for example, for, you know, for, for texts and things. I will, I will type it out and I must drive people crazy, you know? Well, so the, the new one that I've adopted is that I, I do, look, it's an app. These are, these are affectations, again, for the correct audience. I do use T-H-O instead of T-H-O-U-G-H oh, yeah, in text well, yeah. because that's sending a different kind of signal than the full word. You know, that's been tried before, by the way, in these papers in the old days. Joe Epstein told me, because I was making a joke about the Youngs. Yeah. <laughs> and saying, though, though, and he says, actually, Vic. Like, yeah, oh, for, for print yeah. purposes? Yeah, for print just, purposes. For, it probably saved for space. Made it, made yeah, space. Get, you, 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 yeah, that's exactly. back when we had to physically lay the, that's right. the, the yeah. hot There was a lot, of, hot type. a lot of airing and letting going on. That's, okay. that's what Vic and I used to do in our early days. We did. I knew all this. And let me tell you, I knew all about the drop cap and how to fi- how to make the drop caps happen. The worst drop cap was the J because it was a longer letter than the other letters. It's crazy. It's crazy. We the were kerning. Just don't open. Just we don't were kerning all over the Please. place. Kerning. Lots all of right. Kerning. There is more, but we can move on. We can save for later if you want. Is there something short we should wrap up with? Yes. Okay. Yes. Pro Hamas spray painting. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. Can we just oh, call? Let's just call out the trash yes, real please. quick. Quick. Pro Hamas, pro Palestinian yeah. protesters in L.A., Mm-hmm. Spray painted the National Cemetery's wall with okay. "Free Gaza" and Palestinian slogans. Yeah. It's very obvious that this is a veterans' cemetery. It says it on the sign yeah. that they're spray painting. So there's no mistaking what's happening here, uh-huh. and that's just trash. And y'all are trash, and no one should listen to you. I, in addition to the blocking of all the highways, which is a yeah, whole other yeah, the Holland issue. Tunnel in New York. Does this make people want to be more sympathetic to the cause? I'm no, just not wondering. at all. But they just know they can do it. They know they can do it because these cities will not, not get arrested. Punish them. Yeah. Even if they're even if they're momentarily detained, mm-hmm. almost none of them pay an actual price. There right. should police should swiftly remove these people when they are blocking traffic. Right. The they should punish people who vandalize. Again, these are not speech. These things right. these offenses are not speech. Right. You should arrest them. And you should punish them. How many people arrested for defacing the White House? For spray painting. Remember well, spray Well, it depends painting? for what cause. I was going to say because, you know, could you Is imagine- Is it a good cause? If that was a January- if it was a, if it was a January 6th thing <sighs> when you spray painted, that person would be like 50 years in jail. Well, these, these clashes with the motorists who are getting mad are going to get worse yeah. if the proper authorities do not do what their authority right. allows them to do, which is to- their own hands. Yes. It's not yeah. going to be a safe situation. So I would encourage cities to like decide to- have your roadways open to motorists. So I'm also, just, just a thought. Also, these protesters for a good cause, like the person spray painting mm-hmm. on the on the uh, war memorial, yeah, right uh, for the veterans rather, wearing uh, the COVID mask, because I'm sure that person was worried at being asked the reason why 
yeah. that person was covering oh, yeah, his yeah. face. Is because the San Francisco you know, uh, City Council, by the way, I believe, called for a ceasefire the other day. So that should wrap things up pretty Oh, quick. thank okay. goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. I make sure that they, I hope they have BB Netanyahu's email. Yeah. Okay, really quickly, just a Pop-Tart clarification. Okay. Uh, this is from last week. This is week. important. Yeah. It is. I do. I like Pop-Tarts with the frosting. And sometimes it came with sprinkles. I was initially confused because I was thinking about coaster strudel and Jennifer points out Mary Catherine brought it up. I wasn't listening. Mm -hmm. Listener Megan Blake reminds me that Gretchen Wiener in Mean Girls says her father invented toaster strudel, not Pop-Tarts. Oh, that's right. That's why I love her even more now. Oh, wow. Look at that. Lacey Chabert. It's a match made in heaven. (laughs) That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter at MK Hammer Time on Instagram where you can see my fit. We will also put it on Getting Hammered podcast, YouTube and Instagram so you can check in and see it. By the way, the reason I'm wearing it here is because I decided to myself, you know, if I'm going to embarrass my kids a little bit and I did, they're like, Mom, you can't get out of the car in that, that I can't just embarrass them. I must also embarrass myself a little bit. So that's what I'm doing. And in the elevator on the way up. I, I thought I thought maybe I can just like ride this out. Nobody will, nobody will question me. And I get the first person on the elevator is like, well, you look festive. <laughs> and is then, that really? Just now in the elevator? <laughs> yes. And then within another 15 seconds, another young woman got on the elevator. She goes, I love your outfit. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> see? Jennifer seemed to approve. So you guys can tune in and see that. And one more programming note for the Iowa caucuses. I will be in New York on set at 30 Rock with NBC. Wow. If you want to watch NBC broadcast, hear my insights on whatever goes down. Excellent. And I will be in Arlington, Virginia. (laughs) Best best team in news over here, man. We covered a lot of ground today. Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. (laughs) 